Blog Talk Radio. Corruption. Greed. Xenophobia. White supremacy. A nation in the grips of a pandemic. Healthcare resources strained to their limits. An economy on the brink of collapse. And at the helm, a clueless con artist who cares more about his own re-election over saving lives. Join Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left that's right. Live Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan and 24-7 at liberaldan.com. We must unite to save this country in spite of this buffoon's ineptitude before it's too late. Coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. You can also join us in the chat room at the blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Go to the uh, show page, the episode page, and then you can join us in the chat. I think you might have to sign up for a blogtalkradio.com account. But that's free, so don't worry about that. Um, you also have, if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can go uh, leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. on the show thread at liberaldan.com, on facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. A uh, bunch of stuff to talk about, a bunch of stuff that has managed to piss me off this week uh, that are unrelated to the, well, one of them is partially related to it, but... Uh, the main gist of it is unrelated to Corona, even though it might be Corona adjacent for some of them. Uh, but you know, there is some house cleaning I want to do, I guess. Uh, I think there was one thing that I forgot to mention last week. There's a, a callback. You know, a lot of, some of these things you could find um, either at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter again or lib- Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan, uh, where I'll post. Some of these items that I'll be talking about when it comes to show prep. Um, let's see. I had one. Uh, if you remember, if you listen to the show regularly, there's a podcast that I did a while back, and it was talking about how easy it is to manipulate conservatives in conversation. And this is basically what you do. You say, um, look. You know, you talk about the voter ID laws that exist, the so-called voter ID laws, because a lot of them contain uh, non-ID provisions that are specifically meant to disenfranchise voters, especially minority voters. And I had a, one of my wife's friends on uh, Facebook, she had, he had posted something and it had mentioned things the vote by mail and voter ID and whatever. And I said, the so-called voter ID laws often contain non-ID provisions that specifically exist to stop people from voting. And despite my saying, quote, non-ID provisions, it's guaranteed that some idiot is going to say, what's wrong with requiring an ID? 
And then the person whose post it was said, if someone cares enough to vote, they should care enough to have identification. And I said, you realize I just, I just predicted what you'd do? And I was like, you realize I was critical of, quote, non-ID provisions, yet you responded with a comment about requiring ID? Like, why does this work every single time? Again, I would love to have y'all try it as well. Um, I have a whole episode, at least part, most of an episode, uh, talking about that one. If, if you do that to a conservative, especially on Facebook, you know, get the receipts. I, I want to see it. I want to talk about it on the podcast. You know, I want to see who else. Either this is my superpower, and I can get conservatives to do stupid things, like like Dave Letterman used to have stupid human tricks. I have a stupid, uh, stupid conservative tricks. Uh, but if you can do it too, I want to see it. I want to, I want to see your receipts. Take screenshots, send them on over. Uh, you can either email me at liberaldanradio@gmail.com, or you could um, make a show post or what have you, and I would love to bring it up. Um, there was another one that I'm trying to scroll to find right now uh, where I thanked this, this person for helping me get show prep. Um, this one, this is it. Um, I, I, I put it under more conversations with idiots. Uh, so I, call this, I call this one the broken clock. Uh, this one shared a link to uh, globalresearch.ca, uh, which if you don't know, that website is pertain, it has a lot of conspiracy theories, a lot of tinfoil hat stuff. Uh, you could find information and articles on there about how the CIA uh, 9-11 was a false flag operation. Um, and so she posted this link, and I'm like, when you read the website, does it automatically give you a tinfoil hat, or do you have to register for ones? And I'm like, she's like, those are separate. Those are separate things. I'm like, they're not separate. You know, if, if the website is, uh, let's see, I bet you don't believe the CIA gave U.S. citizens acid and watched them have sex and called it research. I was like, oh, our government has done some well-documented things of a horrific nature. I mean, Tuskegee, that's, that's an example. Uh, this website doesn't contribute to things being, quote, well-documented. Um, what was it? Uh, and she's like, well, because it says some things you don't think it's true. And I was like, well, because it said multiple things that ha have been shown to not be true. And the moral of the story of the boy who cried wolf is not that we should continue to believe someone who lies just in case they tell the truth next time. And she goes, Bloken clock is still right twice a day. She's using the idea of the broken clock is still right twice a day as a way to say, well, we should give them a chance and still listen to them because they might be right. Instead of you typically when people say, the broken clock is still right twice a day. Uh, they usually mean it to say, well, I guess you got dumb and lucky and you, may, and you managed to get one right. So this, again, this person I refer to as, quote, broken clock. But I thanked her for a couple minutes of podcast material. And since I didn't get to it last week, I did want to go ahead and get to it this week. So here you, there you go. Um, there's that. So the people that we're dealing with with this Corona virus, or as, as my kids kids watch this ch YouTube channel called FGTV, um, I'd, <laughs> I'm convinced that all the people that have you know successful YouTube channels already started off rich and are able to spend all their days playing video games online and posting videos and making silly songs. My kids love it though. 
But one of the kids on the thing goes, coronavirus. And so that's what they say all the time. Coronavirus. Speaking of the coronavirus, uh, yesterday our president, Donald Trump, and I used to be, I guess, in the group of people who would say that we should not call him our president. I don't want to call him my president. I didn't vote for him. You know, maybe citing some Monty Python there. Uh, I'm your king. What? That's for you? Yeah, no. Um, so, but I think maybe we should be calling him our president because every one of us should, should take personal responsibility in making sure he's not our president after November or after, I guess, January, technically, because even if he's voted out in November, he has to leave office in January. Or that he will. That's, I, I do want to see uh, what happens when he loses that, that, that I want to see the meltdown and I want to see how he handles it. I want to see if the military is basically going to have to remove him because he refuses to leave uh, because I don't expect him to take the loss very well. Um, potentially there's so other, so many other similarities to a little mustachioed guy uh, from Germany back in the forties. Uh, maybe he'll go out the same way that he did. Who knows? Never can tell. So, what else we got? Um, yeah, so this idiot uh, yesterday decides to go, um, we're not going to have the, uh, we're, we, we don't need to, um, ah, excuse me. Oh, I see Alicia in the, uh, in the uh, chat room. Hey, Alicia, how's it going? One of my Facebook friends logged in listening to the show. Um, so this idiot president that we have, he announced yesterday that we were going to get, be getting rid of the coronavirus task force. Probably the one thing that's saving lives as part of this administration is the people on the coronavirus task force who have to walk this tightrope to make sure that we, uh, we aren't killing ourselves completely. And it's a combination of probably, I imagine it's a combination of kicking, uh, of kissing his ass and making sure that he gets the right information, but in a way that, you know, strokes his ego. It, it's really disgusting. I mean, anything shows as to why we should, we, this nation voted the wrong way in 2016. If the coronavirus, the coronavirus would have been dealt with much better in a much better way under President Clinton. I mean, there's, that's, that has to be said. I mean, that, that has to be, you know, obvious at this point. And he should have even predicted it. But I don't want to spend too much time talking about um, that because, I mean, this coronavirus, the pandemic is going to be going on. We're going to be dealing with it for weeks and months to come. And the fact that, you know, he's he's – He's run away from having these pressers. I mean, I did do a bunch of uh, press conferences, um, live reactions, and, and those have kind of stopped since his figurehead, not, not figurehead, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, his mouthpiece is out there um, trying to cherry coat, sugarcoat things like he did, because I swear, I, w- I was about to get diabetes from all the sugarcoating that he would do on this thing. Everything is beautiful. It's the best. It's beautiful. Nothing's better. Nobody has had a better response. You know, obviously it's a lie, but, you know, I need, I, and of course also need to work on my Trump imitation. So let me go ahead 
take the first commercial break. Come back. We'll take your calls if you want to call in. It's 914-803-4131. It's 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? (laughs) Well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will? Catch you on the team. Would you like to support Liberal Dan Radio? Would you like a shout-out on the podcast or the minicast? Would you like to purchase advertising or sponsor a bit like Hypocrite of the Week or Words of Redneck Wisdom? You can even sponsor the whole hour. Then become a Liberal Dan Patreon. You can help me grow my audience, and for a limited time, first-hour advertisers will lock in their rates for the life of the podcast. Head on over to patreon.com slash liberaldan and support the show today. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. You can join the conversation. It's area code 914-803-4131. It's 914-803-4131. We, if you're also logged in on blogtalkradio.com, you could uh, leave questions and comments in the chat at the bottom of the page, and I will be happy to uh, get to those questions or comments as well. Um, I do want to also mention one more thing before I get to the topic of the show, which is that I am doing a contest uh, on one of my related groups uh, for Liberal Dan. Um, the group is called, and you could you could probably find the link on the Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan. Uh, the group is called What in the Unseasoned Name of Karen is This Caucasity? 
And typically, it's, it's supposed to it was supposed to be just a tagging group that people can you know if you see some uh, either unseasoned uh, food, some horrible looking food that just looks like it was made by an unseasoned American, um, or if you see something else that's um, somebody else posted that is just full of caucasity, you can go ahead and uh, whatchamacallit, you can go ahead and uh, tag that group. But the group has actually grown to 2,000 people. Uh, it was growing a lot recently. So I decided to start a little contest uh, posting pictures in the, in the announcement thread for this contest with the top five that I judge of uh, just the worst looking seasoned food or the least seasoned food or just horrible looking food uh, is going to be put into a poll starting this Friday. This, the thread will be locked. Uh, I will, I will, or at least the submissions will be locked. I will go ahead and make a poll and the person who wins the poll um, is going to get a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. And um, it'll be the first kind of contest I do for liberal Dan radio. And it'll be uh, over on that page. So if you want a chance to win a hundred bucks and make fun of the horribly, uh, horribly unseasoned American. Go ahead and check it out. Um, so this week, I think I'll get to the Amon Bundy, Bundy and the other thing last, simply because of the fact that um, you know that that's kind of my personal issue. It, it, it all kind of melts together. Um, in just the whole concept of white supremacy, because uh, white supremacists, not, uh, KKK folks, the Nazi types, you know, they don't necessarily view Jews. I was raised Jewish. They don't view Jews as white people. They view Jews as just, you know, another minority that needs to be cleansed. And the 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 thing about being Jewish most of the time is that, you know. A lot of Jews can just, you can't tell that they're Jewish unless they're doing Jewish things like going to synagogue or wearing a yarmulke or something like that. They don't think people would look at me and say, oh, that Dan, he's Jewish. Absolutely, he's Jewish. I don't know. I mean, maybe if you, I have one person of all the people that I've met and I've said that to who's like, I thought you were Jewish when I met you. Um, I don't know. But you can't hide blackness. You cannot hide blackness. And it's out there front and center. And unfortunately, to many of these racist white supremacist type folks, uh, blackness in and of itself is seen as a weapon. Uh, in, in and of itself is a threat. And you have the case of uh, Ahmad Arbery in Georgia. And nobody should be surprised that this happened in the South. Uh, he was on a what is being described on several websites as his regular run or a regular jog uh, through Brunswick. Uh, apparently uh, there was somebody, uh, somebody would have their uh, ring doorbell would, would see somebody, I guess, running down the street and she would look up and oh, there's, there's Aubrey. He's, he's running down the street again. He's, he's getting his exercises, getting his jog. Uh, apparently he was a friendly guy. Uh, he would wave to other neighbors on his daily runs. Um, nothing wrong with running through a neighborhood. 
I guess, unless you're a racist, racist, white supremacist type who thinks that you might be in the wrong neighborhood. And if you've seen the video, and I would caution you that it's, it's very disturbing. It, it disturbed me. Like just, I was stared at the screen in shock for a bit after it was finished. Just like, what, what the hell did I just watch? Um, you see the point where he was shot, see when it happens. You see, you know, him fall to his death. It's, it's deplorable. It's, it's disgusting. And I have a friend, the one who, who made me aware that the video existed, uh, which I would have seen probably within the next couple hours afterwards anyway. She still hasn't gotten over it. She's been crying ever since she saw it. Um, and, and one of the weird things is, is that having a conversation before this happened, before this happened, I was having a conversation uh, with a friend of mine, somebody I know. Uh, she's white, but she has two sons, and they have brown skin. Um, I believe that they're half Arabic, but it's obvious that they're not white is all that racists need to see. And we're talking about the, the, the people protesting in Michigan and, and marching on the Capitol. Again, more white privilege because white guys get to march on the Capitol in Lansing, Michigan, and storm the Capitol with holding their AR-15s, and not a one of them is even touched wrong. Meanwhile, if a group of black people decided that they were going to do that, there would be a bloody pile of black people on the ground because, as we've seen in history, gun rights are not for everybody. Gun rights are only supposed to be for white people. Um, again, going back to Ronald Reagan, when Ronald Reagan was governor of California, and he, the, the white people were scared of the Black Panthers doing the same thing that the other uh, white, folks, the white folks were doing. And so they, Ronald Reagan went ahead and backed this anti-gun legislation. Everyone you know, wants to say that Ronald Reagan was pro-Second Amendment, pro-gun, but Second Amendment apparently doesn't apply to black people. So they went ahead and they passed that law. And who supported the law other than Reagan? The NRA. The NRA. Again, so yeah, the NRA isn't necessarily for gun rights either. The NRA is for gun sellers. That's another show. Um, but don't be don't be confused into thinking that the NRA actually stands up for equal constitutional rights for everybody. It's just for constitutional rights for, for white people. Stand your ground is not for black people. There was the ugh. there's so many names of people who have been wronged by our justice system that it's hard to remember all of their names. And I try to remember a bunch of them. A bunch of the people that are wronged by our, our system of justice, or system of injustice, if you will. Um, simply because, you know, when you had the whole George Zimmerman, Trayvon Martin incident, and I've discussed that at length, I have a, a blog post on what I think the prosecution's uh, final statement should have been uh, when they were going after George Zimmerman, how they should have basically said that it was Trayvon Martin who was standing his ground. It was not George Zimmerman who was committing self-defense. Trayvon Martin was being chased by this crazy-looking, Caucasian-looking guy who was armed and 
only when and yeah, Trayvon Martin got the upper hand. And so basically George Zimmerman losing this fight that he started was then able to use the law to kill somebody, to murder somebody. And one of the reasons that was stated, and, and, and that's what I'm worried about. I'm concerned about the fact that this story, this murder, and, and, and don't get me wrong, don't, don't, confu- don't let anybody else say otherwise. This is murder, plain and simple. And call our CEO, I'll get to you in a second. Um, one of the reasons that I read that they have not been arrested yet was that they were claiming the, they're, they were trying to arrest him. They were trying to do a citizen's arrest. And under Georgia law, people doing a citizen's arrest is, are allowed to use deadly force when they deem it necessary. So you're treated like a cop, even though you, you're not tra- you might not necessarily be trained as a cop. I do think one of these persons was trained as a cop, which doesn't give us any more information about whether or not these people were trained to adequately deal with people uh, because of the fact that we have so many circumstances and situations of police acting, you know, to Lando Castile, Tamir Rice, John Crawford, all people who were no threat to the police officers who rolled up and, well, with Tamir Rice, and, and immediately shot and killed. John Crawford immediately shot and killed. Flano Castile did say, I do have a gun, you know, in my pocket. I'm just letting you know I'm being aware. I'm letting you know I have all the information. Then shot and killed without it actually, him actually showing any sort of signs of malice or threat or anything towards this cop. And all of these people, all that, what they all have in common, George Zimmerman and the three other pieces of crap who killed black boys, black men. And who knows what happened with Sandra Bland? Who knows what happened there? Because that wasn't on camera. She just died in custody. So we don't know if that was murder or manslaughter or, um, or what. But, you know, there was, she didn't offer herself. If you, you, nobody should be able to tell you that she offered, that she offed herself, and, and I think that was the running story with that one. It's hard for all these stories. What was it Laquan McDonald? Um, and the reason Laquan McDonald is easy to remember because he was shot outside of Burger King. But those officers, the one officer that shot him, and he might be the only one that might be actually facing justice of this whole thing, because there was lots of evidence showing him using unnecessary force and the amount of shots that were fired into Laquan McDonald were excessive. I mean, in the case of Tamir Rice, it was also excessive because one was excessive. case of John Crawford, one was excessive. All of these people, one was, was excessive. Meanwhile, you look at a lot of white folks. There was a white guy who, who walked into a police station reached into the police car to grab the police weapon, they talked him down. And afterwards, the police officer or the chief of the station was like, referred to him as a gentleman. This gentleman, he wasn't a gentleman. He ran into your station and grabbed a gun and was a threat to everybody. 
they had every right to shoot him at that po- at that time. There was they were justified in using lethal force at that moment, and chose not to, because he was white, and whiteness is not viewed as a weapon. There's a hashtag. It was an old hashtag, but it was the first time I saw it. Um, you know, my white hashtag. Well, my white privilege. What was my white privilege? Well, I have plenty of white privilege, but. I want to say it was 2007 or 2008, uh, probably 2007, because we had, I think we had just bought our house. And around my house, there was, a, there was an intersection, and for months, that intersection had a flashing red light, red, red, flashing red light, so we'd stop. And it was just, got to the point where it was a joke, that this flashing red light was just going to be flashing forever. We go, we get our furniture from the shed that we had it in, way, way out in Mississippi, we bought a whole bunch of furniture and brought it out there because we wanted to, um, you know, we got a good sale or whatever. We just for our for our new house that we knew we were going to buy. Come come across the bridge, come down the ramp. We see that the light is no longer flashing red; it's green. It was fixed. Look at that. We drive across the green light, go a couple feet. Siren comes on. What, what now? Roll down the window. Excuse me, officer, can I ask why you pulled me over? Did you know you, you ran a flashing red light back there? I was like, I did not. I started yelling at the guy. We can go back there and I can show you the fact that we had a... You sure it was green? Yes, I'm sure it was green. We were commenting that it was green when we crossed over it. That's why. The... Okay, you're free to go. Okay. Drove off. Well, guess what? That's my white privilege. I was black. I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have yelled at a cop. I couldn't have insisted that we go. I mean, I almost went full on Karen. I, I insisted that we go back and let me prove my point that I was right. Black person tries to do that. They'd be pulled out of their car quicker. Quick, I don't want to. I don't even. Quicker than what? I don't know. Uh, it's just baffling. That this, that this happens. Um, let me pull this data sheet up before I go ahead and then let's see. Let's go to the caller two. Hold on. Let's put you. Caller, are your name and where are you from? Yeah, my name is Mr. P. I'm calling from the Midwest. How you doing? I am, well, <laughs> I wish I could be having a better show topic to talk about, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, so, um, I want to give you my opinion on a couple of those cases. Sure. Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin should have ran home. He'd been living today. That's what I taught my my kids when they was his age. I even before that, when you're followed by a stranger, run home. And my understanding, and listening to the phone call between him and his girlfriend, he was making some explicit remarks about the person that was following him, and I understand that he circled back around. Well, Willie, I wasn't there. I don't think any of us were there. But one thing for sure, he should have ran home. He's a kid. Okay, but uh, but would you admit, would you say that Trayvon Martin, because his, um, I think it was his father or stepfather, he was eventually heading home, and he had the right to be where he was, correct? No one said he didn't have the right to be where he was. I know, but I'm what saying, I'm saying that is in that... a case like that, yes, he had the right. 
to be where he was. Zimmerman had the right to be where he was. But the thing is, is that when you're a child, I taught my children, when they're being followed by strangers, either run to a place that's lit up like a convenience store or go knock on somebody's door. And and, 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 and that's a, 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 but the point is, is that I would say that that's, in my opinion, victim blaming. Yes, we should tell, I, I would probably tell my children the same advice too, is that if you see somebody that's weird, that's following you, try and get home, try and talk to somebody, absolutely. But after the fact, I don't think it's time to be talking about what the victim should have done. I think it's time to talk about what the system should have done to punish the person who didn't get punished. Well, that's kind of my point. Jury trial, they did. They had a grand jury trial, found him not guilty. And I wouldn't have called the man weird. I would have called him an individual that was following uh, Mr. Martin, a young Martin. See, when you go to college. Do you necessarily have the right? Do you necessarily have? Do you have the right to pursue? Somebody like like if if you like if if I'm being pursued like I'm not sure like being what, chased what at Martin, like like Martin not, ran, like Martin was like uh, Zimmerman was running after him. I don't think he was running after him. He didn't sound he like was, he was out of breath when he was talking on the phone. But anyway, was, that, I mean, that, I'm not saying I'm not saying it was running. Did. I'm not saying it was running. He I'm did. just saying that 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 Zimmerman was was told by 911 that there was no need for him to take any additional action, he felt that Trayvon Martin was there illegally and there and called the cops. The, cop, the 911 dispatcher didn't order him to stand down, but he told him there was no need to go after it. But Zimmerman, in his 911 call, said, um, these assholes, part of my language, but that's what he said, always no, get away with it. They always get away. Yeah, always get, these assholes always get away. And he went, and he was going to handle business himself. He had no right to go handle business himself. He didn't have, He wasn't an officer. Well, he was just he following the man so he could see where he was going in order to point it out to the police. That's what I suspect. I and I'm African American, by the way. Okay. Let me, let's get on to the I mean, other thing you said about Castillo. I mean, the fact that you had that talk with your children, I was kind of assuming, but I wasn't going to. I wasn't, you know, going to guess. But yeah, I mean, well, whites, so, so so Asians, Asians, Latinos, Hispanics, and whites don't have talks with their children. Well, they, everybody should have talks with their children, but there's there's talks and then there's the talk, and 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 I'm aware of the talk, which is different than a talk. So, um, I what else? So you, and the you raising of the raising of our children. We tell them along their journey from one age group to the other the things that they're able to comprehend and what they should do in society in order to protect themselves and also be in line with their civic duties. On the issue with Castile... Let me ask ask a question. Do you think if the roles were reversed, do you think if Trayvon Martin was a white kid and if George Zimmerman was a black adult, and the same incident happened in the same way that it happened. Do you think that George Zimmerman would be free today? I don't know what the jury would have said. I served on a jury here the first of the year, and I was struck off. But I went to serve on a jury. So I don't know what the evidence would have been presented by the prosecutor and what the jury would have came to. I I, I – have to say, just looking at 
our society and how our society treats black people versus treating white people, how white people get away with so much and black people don't, unless they're very, very wealthy, OJ, um, that... Well, I disagree with that because it's just that you don't hear it. It has to be whites have more of these encounters because there's more of them, and you just don't hear it. But I so happen to own the company where a large percentage of my of my employees was white, and being around them for you know a decade or two, listening to their story as we uh, socialize, they go through some things also. I mean, that's human life, human beings. Yeah. And, and, when, and when the cops were treated one white person poorly and that made the news, the first people to speak up in, in defense of, of the person who was maltreated by the cops was the Black Lives Matter movement. They were like, look, here's more police injustice. We're not saying that police injustice doesn't happen to other people. It just happens disproportionately. For example, a study by University of California Davis professor found that the killing of unarmed black Americans relative to unarmed white Americans by police. So if you are black and unarmed, you have about a 3.49 times probability higher of being shot than by than white people. So, well, and, 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 kinda, and they also found, okay. I kind of, you know, disregard some of those, uh, reports like the saying that uh, what's going on with blacks with this COVID COVID nineteen. Okay, and hold, hold on a these... I, do, I do want to say something. We do have somebody else who's on hold. Um, I, I will get. But to I you want to get to my to other two cases if you don't mind. I, that I, I originally do. called. I in do, on but I, I know, I know. I want you to get to them as well. Um, but I do want to say to the person, the other person who's on hold from New Orleans, from the five hundred four. Um, if you do want to get, if you do want to talk, and you're not just listening to the show, uh, hit the one, and that'll show you that you want to talk. So, okay, go ahead with the uh, with the other two points. Well, let me talk about the Castillo case. Yeah, that was in Minnesota, and right. I think he made a, a he made a flaw. The law in Minnesota says you don't have to tell a cop when you are confronted with them that you are carrying a weapon. You don't have to tell them. Now, in Louisiana, you have to tell them. Another thing, we have over 18,000 police departments in this country. They all work under different rules and regulations per the community that they hail from. They are employees. The people are employers. Uh So Castile, as Castile did not have to say, well, I have a concealed carry and I have a he didn't have to do that. And when he done that, it escalated the situation. What he did not have to do that, however, um, I would say that he probably felt that he in by the law, he probably didn't have to do that. By the by the unwritten law of I need to be up front with everybody, like there was the case <laughs> Wendell Pierce. What Wendell Wendell, yeah. Wendell Pierce was on real time with Bill Maher. Uh, he was in Louisiana. I think he was traveling between New Orleans and Baton Rouge because I can kind of picture the scene when he described it. And he was talking about how, you know, when the police pulled him over, he, he grabbed his wallet, he put it on the dashboard, he put his hands at 10, 10 and 2, and he just sat there. And he, he behaved in a way that I would just say a white person wouldn't have to behave in simply because of the fact that 
you know, he knew that this altercation or this incident could cause in somebody dying, namely him or the other people in his car, uh, because if he made the wrong move. And that, now I've never thought as a white person that I have to, that I would have to take my wallet out, put it up on the dashboard, be, sit there calmly. Now, of course, what happened was um, he looks back in his rearview mirror and he sees this cop with his gun drawn behind a thing yelling, get your ass out of the car. Uh, because and so he complied eventually, um, but again, this person wasn't properly trained, is what he said. But again, yeah, and that is the that, case. You have a lot I, of cops think, that's not properly trained. But you want me to tell you what well, happened it, to me? What? A, a, a police officer uh, stopped in front of my home, and one it was a mire in the house, and I walked over to him and began a conversation. I said, "By the way, I'm carrying a weapon." And he said, that's okay. I wish that more people carry weapons. This honest to God's truth. Okay. okay. And and there are, there are always exceptions to the rule. I mean, your your anecdotes. Oh, um, going in both directions. You had in, in right. Baton Rouge here last week. Last week you had a cop killed, a cop wounded by a black man who had, uh, had an argument at his house, I think it was. It killed someone at the house, too. But the thing about this guy, some years ago, he had a similar situation with but threatening the police with guns. And I don't understand why he was allowed to be walking free when he killed this cop and injured the other one here about a week ago. Okay. I mean, again, it's, it's, there, there are people who, uh, regardless of color, who probably should very well be in jail. But the, the systemic – and the reason I have like shows like this is, is not that you – know, it's to discuss the systemic issues, not necessarily to discuss the one-offs. I mean, yes, we can point to – I can point to black people in jail and say, you know what, that person belongs in jail. And I can point to a white person and say, that person belongs in jail. And there are people who are white who are wrongly incarcerated. We there had a – there we was, had another case. Let me talk about you. Like there's another case where the police stopped a white driver out of Highway 70. Oh, I can't tell you. I guess it was before you get off at Lambert Field. The white driver jumped out of his car, run, jump across the fence, and there's nothing but open field. He didn't pose no danger to anybody, and they shot him. You had a it white happens. prisoner in St. Louis City Jail uh, on Hall Street who hung himself. Oh, he was found hanging. No, I don't know if he hung right. himself yeah. or not, but he was, you hear oh, nothing man. about yeah, it. Now, now you're reminding me of <laughs> now, now that reminds me of Jeffrey Epstein. I think that's the one thing that liberals and conservatives can agree on is that Jeffrey Epstein did not kill yeah. himself. But I mean, look, look there there are always going to be incidences that that say that say, oh well, here's an example of the other thing happening. Where, but anybody who's bringing up injustices, like I, I brought up that that case, the the data from the study from the University of uh, California, UC Davis, it says that unarmed white black people are again 3.49 times the more likely to be shot than unarmed white Americans. That still means that still says that white Americans get who are unarmed do get shot by the police, but they are just shot by the police. Less well, it depends on are. it depends on out of the two groups which is more compensatory to have court on the streets. 
you know, I know Ferguson very well. Ferguson, Missouri, right. I know it very well. <clears throat> Ferguson was a black community, about six, about sixty-seven percent black, seventy percent black. Blacks who fled the crime element from North St. Louis City and went into Ferguson decades ago. They have mm-hmm. been living there for a long time, had a nice property, well-kept, schools with good, so on, so on, so on. They had a police department that was 53 officers and 52 was white. But they could have changed that whenever they wanted to. Maybe they wanted that type of policing. The mayor, Mayor Knowles, was reelected in 2018, I think it was. The longstanding mayor, Blacks, elected him again. Since the ordeal with Mike Brown has occurred, the blacks that was living there in Ferguson had moved flee crime elements in North St. Louis City to move into Ferguson, which is in the county. Nice home mm-hmm. and so on and so on. They have fled Ferguson to this day. Okay, so nobody I'm, talks I'm, about these things. Well, I mean, if I, if I was living in a high crime area, I might want to leave too. And, and if I was living in Ferguson and I was a black person and I didn't feel like I would get justice, I'd probably want to leave too. Um, about a week that ago. Disprove, that, that doesn't disprove the fact that, you know, that there's a system in our country of white supremacy that, that, that maintains and upholds the idea that blackness is a threat and whiteness is not a threat. I don't think. Well, so let me ask you a question. What about black supremacy? Okay. You don't think it exists? I think there are people who label themselves as black supremacists. I don't view them as a threat. And you to got me. people they don't that have, label themselves as white supremacists. I don't have they, no problem they, with they white have, nationalism. That means you got white people who are Americans that has a, a affirmation for the for the country. Period. You got black nationalists. Well, the what? No, there are there are white people who are nationalists, but then there are white nationalists, and there's a difference between the two. The white people who are nationalists okay. are, are white people who love the country. There are white nationalists who are people who want this country to only be white, like your Richard Spencer types, like the people who the All only right. reason that they you support, got you got the reason, same thing that lies with black people too. Would you admit that? You want me to name some? There, there are there are, there are plenty of people who who are but the, the black nationalists who who would want a separate a, a separate nation for black people and to not have any white people in it a are not they're not behind the driving forces of power structures in this country though that's the thing they are in their they are in their communities these the, and, these and communities that have black leadership that has been there for thirty and forty years don't tell me it's not because it is I can give you many examples. Let me go on to so, so one a couple more things that it has to do with let's, this, let's just do this one virus. More thing, because I do have other, let's go to one. Let's go to one other thing because I do have other topics, and I want to make sure that the other callers who do want to come on the show get the time to talk. I mean, the show is supposed to be till nine, but I can extend it as long as I want. Uh, for the, as I can extend it to three hours if I wanted to, um, and we can if we want. But I just want to remind the callers that are waiting on hold: um, if you do want to talk, uh, please hit the number one. Um, and that will let me know that you do want to have make a well, comment. This is, but make this your, one make your more final point. point is very, this is okay. very important because you're hearing this thing about this virus is racial, and then you hear this thing about disparities in blacks, this, that, and the other. Let me say this. NPR, National Public Radio, had an article in the newspaper 
It was in the St. Louis, America. It said that 84% of the deaths in St. Louis, Missouri are blacks. 84% of them. All right. The coronavirus. And right. they say that, then they say that blacks don't have access to medical care. All right, let's deal with those two. It ain't going to take but a second. Blacks okay. make up 157,000 of the population of the city of St. Louis. Okay. Okay. In this instance, on that date, you had 17 deaths, of which 14 were black, which amount to point zero 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 two of the 157,000 they make up in the population. But that's not how you look at the they statistics, are, though. That's not, that's not how you look at statistics when it comes to death. It if, is if, if you have, how you look at the statistics. No, but if you look at them, if, if 17 people died and 14 were if 17 people of the people, 17% of the, 17 of the people who died, of 14 of which were black, that is disproportionate. That is, if it's if not, blacks make up 46% of the city population of the city of St. Louis. Then they say that they don't have facilities. Then when you do the check, there's over 37, 37 free and reduced clinics in the city of St. Louis. You pay according to your income. I know they good because I went one to have went to one to have some dental work done. I went to People's Clinic on Delmar Boulevard. And I believe that they were talking about that they didn't want the people who believe they have the coronavirus to um to um to be going to clinics. They wanted them to go to the hospital so they could be triaged into the particular areas that they want to go. And then if it turns out to not be, if they go to the hospital and it turns out to not be um the coronavirus, then they wind up getting a bill. And so even if the uh, black community in, in – in, was it St. Louis you're talking about? I'm talking about – Even if I'm talking about St. Louis. Right, even if I'm it's St. Louis. I'm talking about St. Louis. Right, even if it's St. Louis, my, my, my math on my, my calculator is not working properly on the – They've um, done the same thing the, in Louisiana when they said 70% of the corona deaths were black in the state of Louisiana. The largest population in Louisiana at that time – when they had about, I guess, I think they had, and I'm looking here at this figure, I think they had about uh, uh, 840 deaths in the entire state of Louisiana. There's no way to know. So I said, well, let's look at New Orleans, where blacks make up 59.5974. The population in New Orleans are 233,587. If you were to put all those deaths in New Orleans, that would still be less than a 1%. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to thank you for your call because we do have to move on to other callers um, and other guests. I do disagree with a lot of things you had to say, and I think our two other callers might very well be disagreeing with what you had to say as well. Um, but if, you, if St. Louis has 46% uh, of the population uh, is black of St. Louis and 14 out of 17 of the deaths in that one day uh, were black. That means that was 82.4% of the deaths that day were black, meaning that there was a disproportionate number of deaths of black citizens in that city versus the rest of the city, which means that it is correct to say that the virus is treating them poorly. And um, when you're looking at health issues when it comes to um, this country, um, black people are disproportionately poor, and as such, they have disproportionate access to medical care. Yes, there might be clinics out there that are free, but yeah, there's transportation to the clinics. There's, there's access to them. There's a whole lot of things that come into play 
Um, again, clinics might not be the appropriate place to be, to be going if you think you do have the virus. At the end of the day, um, poverty is, 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 is poverty breeds poverty, and poverty breeds, breeds poor health outcomes. And if black people are disproportionately poor, black people are also going to be disproportionately unhealthy. So let's go ahead and move on to the next caller. I'm sorry it took so long. Um, I did want to – I do like to give people who disagree with me a lot of uh, leeway to have conversations with, but at the end of the day, we do need to get on the other people. So thank you for calling. Um, name and where you're from. I know you're from Louisiana. I don't know if this is Alicia or not. So You're talking to me? Am I on? Yes, you are on, yes. Hey, hey Daniel, this is Alicia Plummer calling from New Orleans. Hey, this clown who you were just speaking to, you just have no idea how I was just raging inside listening to him and his his BS. Okay. I had a feeling. He I had victimized. a feeling you might be. Yeah. He made the victim the reason for their demise. What he right. said about Trayvon Martin, I, my mouth was on the floor. What he said about Orlando Castile. When Orlando Castile. Let the guy know, hey, I have a permit to carry. And he winds right. up dead. He said he wasn't supposed to do that? He accelerated the situation? Or is he serious? I mean, he is what you would call in the black community. He is what you would call in the black community a big Negro. And a big Negro is someone who has made it, a black person who has made it and think they're better than the other blacks. Therefore, he does not have any empathy, care, or concern for the ones who think are beneath him. He is epitome of what we call a big Negro. And when he talked about the, um, the virus, talking about it's not racial. This is the racial part, what he probably has no idea. He want to talk about statistics and stuff. He has no idea. Right. You know, nursing is my former career. When you have blacks, this is the racism. When you have blacks call the number to give your give their symptoms, and they tell them, "Oh no, your symptoms don't qualify." When they show up at the testing site to get tested, oh, your symptoms do not qualify. So they are right. sent home, and they're sent home to die. How many cases have we seen across this nation where black folks have been sent home? Umpteen times to go home to die. And this clown wants to blame black people. When we talk about that, numbers, when you talk about numbers, we don't, we're, there's not as many black folk as there are white, correct? Right. White folks suffer the same, same issues heart disease, hypertension, they're fat and obese. And for when the um, attorney, um, the 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 the, what was it? the the surgeon general, said that we should not smoke, we should not do drugs, we should not do alcohol, but he he put that to black people, but they're more right. white folk. If you have right. more numbers, why are they not dying like black folk are dying? They're right. not, and, and, and not, only, dying, not because of pre-existing problems. Black folk are dying because they're not getting the same care, the same attention, and the same treatment as white folk. 
I can't believe well, there is, clown. I was I was tossing and turning my seat. There is a pre-existing condition. That pre-existing condition is white supremacy. Uh, and Thank the thing you. is, is that not only were the black people sent home to die, but they're sent home to go infect their other family members. You had people exactly. having the, you know, multiple multiple people in the same house with the same sickness. Having not not being allowed into the hospital because they didn't meet certain criteria or thresholds. Meanwhile, you go back and now the entire house is now sick uh, because they didn't take two this week, one two person weeks into ago, the hospital. Right. Two weeks ago, a friend of mine buried her mother and her father, and it was it was um, um, shown on WDSU. They called them. It was a love story. They were always right. together. Yeah. The dad went to get tested. They refused to test him. Dad went home. Dad's situation got worse. Then mom's situation got worse. They sent mom to the hospital. The day they sent mom to the hospital, dad died. Mom had no idea that her husband died, okay, because they refused to let them get the test. Dad died. Then mom died two days later. How many stories have we heard about that? And there's no such thing. Right, and ultimately Even you have to lay that at the feet of you have to lay that at the feet of Trump you know, because Trump Trump waited way too long to start ramping up testing. Where the test? Where the test? The tests are not there. But even, even without, without the we have the best, we have the, the most racial, testing. No, per capita, we don't. Right, but but I want I want to show also the racial discrimination in uh, medicine. Period. This is not new to the black community. When right. you have a black person show up in the emergency room in full symptoms of a heart attack. They tell right. us, oh, go home and take some Pepto-Bismol, take some Maalox or whatever, and then they go home to die, or they go home and, it, and, and, the, and the symptoms get worse and they die on the way to the hospital or drop dead walking back into the emergency room. A white person walks in there with those same symptoms, and they're seen. So for this clown to say that there's no such thing, he is just what I said he is. He's a clown. He is a big Negro who has made it and think he's better and he's blaming black folks for their plight. Shame on him. Yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, like, part of me didn't feel like I didn't want to speak over him too much because I, I know, you know, I, I don't want to be seen as, as, as speaking over his experiences because, you know, mm. 99 times out of 100, I want to be able to listen to somebody else's experiences. This is not something that I've lived. You know, this is not something, that's something I've lived around. You know, when I was growing up, I was the only white kid on my block. Now, my parents didn't treat me, uh, I I didn't view myself as that. We were just all kids, but, and that's not to say that um, I'm a, I don't see color type of person. I mean, I think the only, you have to see color because if you don't see color, you don't see the problems that are happening in our nation because of color. But, like, I've said this before, is that the only way that, that I think this problem, especially when it comes to Ahmaud Arbery, when it comes to things like this, when it comes to Trayvon Martins, when it comes to Philando Castile, Tamir Rice, John Crawford, Sandra Bland, Kwan McDonald, when it comes to all these people who who have died and have received no justice because of the system of white supremacy that exists in our country, it's only going to get fixed when white people stop looking at it as, oh, this is crime that's happening to black people, 
and start saying this is crime that's happening to people. Saying this is crime right. that's happening to this is crime that's happening to Americans. Like we need to we need to view it like that. But not just again, not to say that we need to take the color out of it because you can't because that's one of the problems but it is, is the about white supremacy. But until more white people get upset because Speak you up. the that's police right. that's have, right. Police have killed another American because police has killed another person, right. another human being, that's when this is gonna happen. When when it when it when it starts affecting you or not you, but when right. it starts affecting them like right. it affects gotcha. me and other people who give a damn, you know, that's the right. only way that's going to happen, and that's why. What was what was this, this guy? There was this one, another Facebook group that I was in, and it was like, what did he say? He says, although it's tragic, and of course it's a white guy. This is tragic. I'm still awaiting the facts of the investigation. What facts do you need? So oh, you watch the goodness. video. You, 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 that's your typical privileged response. You, you look at a video, and anybody who looks at that video and be like, I need more information. I mean, right, right, no. right. I didn't look at the video. I didn't want to see the video. It, to me, it's just the same soup warmed over in our community. Yeah. And nothing, I think nothing's going to happen. I'm, I, and, and, and I'm just really pissed off about it. I'm so tired of being pissed off. But, Danielle, I want to thank you for your, the opportunity you let me speak. And um, I want to get Anytime. off the line to make sure other people have the opportunity to speak. But thank you so much, and I'll be listening. You are very welcome. You are welcome to call in the show anytime you want. I'd be glad to have you on. I so. sure will. Thank you. All right. You bye-bye. stay safe and stay healthy. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, All you right. too. We do have a – yeah. Oh, I, I put her on mute. Uh, hold on. You said something else? <laughs> oh, I think she hung up now. Okay. Um, let's go ahead. We do have another caller from New Orleans area. Um, once the beep's over, call your name and where you're from. Hey, am I on? Yes, you are. Okay, hi. How are you? This is Nikki Bird from New Orleans. Hey, Nick. Hey, Nikki. Nikki. I appreciate. I really appreciate you um, commenting on my page and sharing your information that you had a blast because I honestly didn't know, and so I'm happy that um, a lot of my friends were able to come on and just listen to your show. And so I really appreciate you for having this important dialogue. And so I want to add something um, that I'm 45 years old, and as a young uh, girl, I always remember my grandfather telling my brother stories or sharing stories with them about um, racism and how they were chased by white men in in the night. And one of the most important things that I remember is that my grandfather always shared the story of my Uncle Roosevelt, who did not make it alive. And that was in the um, 1950s. Um, he was only 13 years old at the time, but he was chased by some white men. They beat him with a, a bat, and uh, he died. And so when I hear individuals like the gentleman that called in and that begins to uh, victim blame black people, you know, for all the systematic uh, racism, it's very disturbing because, you know, we have to realize that Racism is reinforced in all of the institutions in America. It's economic. It's in the military. It's legal, educational. Um, it's religious. It's, it's cultural. So all of these things, right. you know, even in the medical field, it plays a, a very big part, you know, in how we go about our daily lives and how we live. And so one of the things I just want to share is just a snippet of I had with my young son. Um, and he was, I want to say about 18 at the time, and uh 
many people don't know he either has autism, but he's able to function. And uh, he was talking to the police. He had a guitar on his back, and someone said that it was actually a gun. And they, you know, stopped him, his friends, and it became kind of chaotic. And so I remember after that day, sitting with him and his friends, and I was talking to him, and everyone kept saying, you know, he just wouldn't calm down, but they didn't understand that he, one, you know, his sense of heightened, you know, has, having autism. And so uh, with this baby boy, I had wrote a poem for him, and I wanted to, you know, let him understand as a mom how I felt, you know, because one of the things I kept saying as a poet, I want you to understand as a mom that I want you to walk softly, you know, and we have to have these talks with you all the time. And this is a talk that white men don't have with their white sons. But this is a talk that black mothers and black fathers, we have to have with our sons, not only about being safe inside our environment because they're, you know, drug dealers and drug addicts and those type of things, but also safe outside the elements. And I'm just going to just share a snippet with you, and it starts off, son, 400-plus cotton fields ago it was written, but there's nothing more daily in America than the breathing black sun. So, son, should you ever find yourself victim to a stop and frisk holocaust, stop. Don't make any sudden moves. Use your inside voice when you're talking to officer friendly. Because on cops, they are gun cops ready for slaughter, and they have already prejudged your black boy book by its color. So, son, your mama's asking you to just walk softly. So this poem is very, very long. And after I wrote this poem, my son was just like, Mom, I'm not going to be a coward. I'm not going to bow down. And I think that we have to realize that our sons are men. And so when this caller is saying that, oh, I teach my children to, to or I taught my sons to run, or I taught my children to run, that was very disturbing to me because that means that that son or that daughter may have a gun, a, a bullet in his or her back. So my thing is right. like, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't as a parent. And so the only thing that we can do as parents is continue to educate our children. And one of the things that I always told my children is that every white person isn't bad. Every good person, like they're calling it, isn't every good black person isn't a good black person. And so that we have to look at one another and we see the heart of each other at one another with compassion and kindness. And that's something that I always want to instill in them is compassion and kindness. But at the same time that we cannot eliminate that racism exists within this country and that white supremacy is the ruler of this country, which is why, you know, every president has been white except for Obama. And so we have to realize these things and that we have to also realize that everything that we do when we fight, we do it in love, you know, and in, in order to end police brutality, in order to end these systems, in order to tear each of them down, you know, that we have to come together as a collective, as the white voices and as strong ally saying that I stand with you. And that's exactly what we need. And that's something that is not being um, actually as a collective today. We can say that we are part of the human race, but there is no human race. And white people are not standing up and saying, look, this is wrong. And we need more right. of those voices. And that's why, and that's why I want to use, that's why I want to <laughs> use my podcast and use, use my voice, not to speak over, but to help amplify uh, the voices of yourself and others who have lived the struggle, who have lived the issues um, that, that, that people are dealing with. So other people can understand, you know, what, what people go through. You know, I, I don't have this lived experience. I, I, I don't know it except for by listening uh, 
uh, to others. And then I don't know, you know, the only way I can help the other people is by amplifying what I hear. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you calling in. Again, you also call in anytime you want to, anything you want to hear about. I wish we could talk about happier subjects, but, you know, again, until, the, you know, we're going to, you know, I'm just, again, concerned that Ahmad Arbery is going to be another Trayvon Martin. I have no confidence that that the justice system in Georgia is going to do its job because for as bad as Florida is, I can only imagine that Georgia's worse. And I have no, I have no confidence that the Donald Trump Justice Department is going to um, deal with this as a hate crime. I have not. Yeah. And, and it's sad that, that, that we have to sit here and we have to just expect the absolute worst. But what reasons do we have to believe otherwise that, that this is not the only the only way that justice happens here is by everybody being as loud as possible. So mm-hmm. I I will give my show time on my show for as much or as little as it reaches as it has, you know, and and I will I will, you know, make as much noise as I possibly can, and hopefully the combined group of us uh, can make sure that a that first of all that justice is received, and b Maybe, you know, by punishing these racist white supremacist folks uh, that, you know, maybe they should be scared to not do it again. They're not scared. I mean, I watched the video. These people were not scared to do what they were doing at all. Mm -hmm. They and this this man was not a threat to anybody. There was no he had no gun. He had no weapon. There was nothing that he had on him that was threatening to anybody except for his blackness, which was a threat to their white supremacy. So, and that's, that's why he died. Yeah, and I appreciate you, just for being a vessel and for having the show. And um, please make sure that you tag me in so I can uh, also post on my page so individuals can also come in and um, just share their dialogue. I think that's something that's needed. And I appreciate uh, Alicia coming on uh, before me because I was seated as well when the gentleman kept speaking. And uh, it just amazed me when he kept saying, you know, about, you know, how we – he blames the victim, you know, for being victimized. Right. And so and that's all. And I tried to happened. tell him that. <laughs> I tried to it's tell him that it was victim blaming. It's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, and just to share something, when he was talking about within the medical system, um, I have epilepsy, so I uh, actually have to take seizure medicine. And um, after I had just had surgery, and right after COVID, one of the things is that I was out of my seizure medicine. And, you know, I live in New Orleans East. Honestly, right. my doctor was oh. calling me to, uh, and no one had the medicine. And so for right. me, you know, who I just had surgery, the medicine was in letters. And so when he talked about uh, that, you know, oh, there are these free clinics, there are these things, but there are still barriers. Now, just what if I didn't have transportation, you know, if I didn't have, you know, friends to go and say, look, we're going to go pick up some medicine and worry about it. But, ha- but they had to go way from there. I couldn't come going to my neighborhood because it wasn't available. And so those are the things right. that we're talking about when we're saying that, you know, there are systems that are in place, you know, um, that keep us unhealthy. Yes, I'm trying to make certain I have my medication. I couldn't at the time. I didn't. I, ha- I was out of it for three days. And so, you know, people have to be very careful when uh, you make these generalized statements, and these statements are basic, basically uh, putting the good, the good guys, you know, as bad people and the bad people as good guys. You know, and we have to realize that it's not about, you know, um, it is black and white, but more so it's more about systematic racism, and that racism has all, it's always to do with a class system. 
and I'm going to end yep. on that note. And so I appreciate you for listening. I appreciate you for having uh, this show. Peace and blessings. Thank you very much. Stay healthy and uh, be safe. And um, yeah, thank you again for calling in. It's, 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 we need your voice. We need, to, we need to pump voices out there so people can hear what is going on. So if they're ignorant of it, they can stop their ignorance and then stop, start helping. So, yes. again, thank you so thank much. You so much. Okay. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right, let's go ahead and take our final commercial break, and I'll be back to talk about the other issue that I wanted to uh, talk about. Uh, 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Alright, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? (laughs) Well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will? Catch you on the tune. Would you like to support Liberal Dan Radio? Would you like a shout out on the podcast or the minicast? Would you like to purchase advertising or sponsor a bit like Hypocrite of the Week or Words of Redneck Wisdom? You can even sponsor the whole hour. Then become a Liberal Dan Patreon. You can help me grow my audience, and for a limited time, first hour advertisers will lock in their rates for the life of the podcast. Head on over to patreon.com slash liberaldan and support the show today. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk for the last that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, before we were talking about um, the shooting in Georgia and um, and how uh, Ahmaud Arbery uh, was murdered uh, by two, and there's a third who is being, uh, 
I guess, sought after for the making the video of what happened, but so far nothing has happened. Um, to, their, to his credit, Joe Biden has called for action to take place. Uh, and of course, nobody's surprised that we've heard squat from the Trump Justice Department. Um, and I don't know if Kemp in Georgia has said anything either. I don't expect him to, uh, because why would they? Um, they're only going to anger their base if they if they pretend like they're upset over the shooting, because that's all Trump or Kemp or any of these conservative type folks who uh, support white supremacy are going to be doing if they were to speak up is would be pretending because I don't believe in for a minute that they care what happened uh, to Ahmaud Arbery. So again, this is good. I am worried that this is going to be another Trayvon Martin case and it needs to stop. And the only way for it for these things to stop is for white supremacy to die. So let's, 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 let's let that happen. Shall we? Um, White supremacy again, also doesn't just include, uh, hatred of black people, though it is a massive part of it. Uh, white supremacists also hate the Jews. And I am a, was raised Jewish. Uh, I'm not a practicing Jew. I, I practice enough as a kid. I don't need to practice anymore. But I was, I was doing the mini-cast the other day. And I think it was, was it Friday? Was I doing the mini-cast on Friday? It was either, I think it was Friday. Um, and I noticed that Auschwitz, was trending, and I was like, oh, what happened? What's going on? Knew it couldn't be good. And it was trending because there is a woman at the reopen Illinois protest uh, with an American flag over her mouth. Um, as At least she was wearing a face mask. Most of the people at the protest were not wearing a face, wearing a face mask. I am probably believing that he would, her carrying the American flag over her mouth was probably more of a rhetorical point than her giving a crap about anybody else uh, who she might infect if she happened to have the disease, if she happened to have the Rona. Uh, but she's holding a sign that says, and, I, and my German is bad because I've never spoken German before, Arbeit macht free, free or whatever, free, Arbeit macht free, then JB. What does that mean? It says, work brings freedom. And what, where was that located? That was located on the sign of the entrance to Auschwitz, where 1.1 million people died during the Holocaust. Yes, she was using work brings freedom sign to her protest. And I was absolutely disgusted. And she was like, oh, some of my friends are Jewish. Some of my friends are Jewish. Really? Well, I'm not one of them, and I doubt otherwise. Just, I don't know if I could have controlled myself uh, if I would have seen this sign. I would have been out because I'm following social distancing as much as possible. I mean, I did go see the Blue Angels fly over New Orleans today, but we did so in a socially distant way. Uh, Actually, I happened to see them twice because we looked at the route, but... Look, social distancing would have, would have prevented me from going to this rally. But if I would have been at this rally and I would have seen her holding up this Arbeit macht free uh, sign, I would have grabbed it and I would have destroyed it. And I would have been very tempted to shove that pole that she was holding in a not good place. And I mean, I don't know what the rhetorical point she was trying to make with that. Did she 
sympathize or, or, or feel that she feels like a Jew. I'm sorry that, you know, you have to, you know, she feels like she was uh, being punished like the Jews in the Holocaust by having to sit home and watch Netflix and binge watch Tiger King. Sorry, Karen, your privilege is showing. Um, but uh, I'm just, that flabbergasted me. And then we had Avon Bundy, you know, famed for taking over the um, Oregon Wildlife Preserve and then, I guess, getting, uh, I believe Trump is the one that pardoned them uh, for their crimes. Because, you know, Trump, Trump is Trump. Again, to, to speak more about white privilege and what happens with white privilege, at the protest of the Bundy Ranch, where his father uh, was, re- was refusing to pay his grazing fees uh, because they were, his cattle were grazing on public lands, he felt that they were his lands, and therefore that they should be able to graze for free because, I guess, he's a freeloader. Um, somebody who wants to live off the government dole and not pay his fair share. But as the protest was happening and people were white supremacists, white militia types were flocking to uh, Amon, or what is it? Amon Bundy's father's ranch, the Bundy ranch, the Bundy compound. That's the only good Bundy is Al Bundy. Um, but they were aiming rifles at law enforcement's heads. They were, aiming their rifles at law enforcement. If a black person was sitting there lay, aiming their rifle at law enforcement, that black person would no longer be alive today. Black people are not allowed to hold guns, you know, brandish them, aim them at police, but apparently white people are free to aim their guns at police, especially if they're For some reason, we in this nation are terrified to, to point at these assholes and call them what they are terrorists plain and simple we they do not want to hold them to the same level that we hold other people who we would easily label terrorists even when they're not being terrorizing but Amon Bundy told this crowd during again another one of these anti-lockdown demonstrations uh that Jewish people thought putting their head down and trying to not be noticed was the better way in World War II he was criticizing Jews right before they died for putting their heads down. How tone deaf can you be? I mean, he maybe he thinks that if he was in that situation, he would have at least died fighting. These people were in no position, or had no energy or power or anything to die fighting. They just would have died that much more quickly. They had no energy. They had no power. They were frail, thin, malnourished people living in these camps. He he goes, I should have done this as my words of redneck wisdom. I I could now. There's no, there's no, now more words of redneck wisdom brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk for the left, that's right. And that's what you would hear with the music behind it, with uh, Mozart. Uh, Just look at the pictures of the Holocaust, Bunny told the crowd, gathering up. Idaho and open for business. It always amazes me how you see pictures of men and women stripped completely naked, lined up facing a mass grave where they are shooting them in the back of the head and falling into the grave. Bundy then asked why the Jews would line up knowing what they're facing. 
you must ask yourself, why did Jewish people not, like, how did they get in that position? How did they get a position? Let me tell you how Jewish people got in that position. Because back in, what was it, 1933, you had somebody coming to power in Germany who was using the word lying press, or Lugenpress as it was in the, in the original German, i.e. fake news, when anybody would question what he was doing. Every, uh, the media was the fake news or the lying press. Uh, you had somebody who was scapegoating an entire religion uh, for the problems of this country. Uh, I don't know. Has anybody done that recently? Oh, I don't know. Maybe somebody who proposed a total and complete ban on Muslims entering this country until we figure out what the hell is going on. That's what happened. That's how it happened. You let some weak, whiny, actually, Adolf Hitler had to think the silver cross for World War One. So at least he, at least Adolf Hitler served in the military. Donald Trump isn't even isn't even that. You know, <clears throat> Donald Trump was too chicken shit to serve in. I'm sorry for I'm cursing more of the show than I usually do. But Donald Trump was more chicken shit than than even the guy who offed himself at the end of his downfall. Um. They thought that compliance would get them through it, and it was just a period of time that they might just pass through and end up better on the other end. That's not what they thought, you dumbass. That's not what they thought at all. And that is a decision that we have to make right now. Is it better if we just comply? Is it safer? Nobody's putting you in camps, you dumbass. This is not, this is not the same. This is nowhere near what's going on. You get to go home and watch Netflix and see the Tiger King and his stupid ass and all the other people. That, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. And you get to watch wrestling, and you get to watch any of the show TV shows that you might want to binge watch in the comfort of your own home. And then when you run out of food, you get to go to the grocery store and buy some more food. And the government's giving you the money to help do it. I mean, they might not be as efficient as possible, but, you know, you get to go buy your food. Then you get to come back home, and you get to watch more TV. That's so totally like the concentration camps, isn't it? No. So he thinks that if we comply, that we are going to end up naked, facing a mass grave, being shot in the back of the head. The only reason that mass graves are being created is uh, the potter's field uh, in New York because they can't handle the bodies that are dying fast enough. And these clowns would have us dying. The second wave of the Spanish flu was many times worse than the first wave of the Spanish flu. And the reason why was because we got complacent, we, we, we didn't worry about getting sick, and we got a hell of a lot sicker. And that's what's going to happen here. That's why you're going to have mass graves, because these idiots want to force us open too, too early. And who's going to go to work for these white folks? Black and brown people, Mexicans, black people, other people the poor, poor whites, the lower class is going to be working the front lines of this rush back, or they're going to be told that they can't work. And then since they denied work, guess what? They can't get unemployment anymore because you forced them back to work. So they, have to, they now have to make a choice between working and dying because they can't get help any other way. 
So, and these idiots are going to be sitting there in the back being like, go work for me. Make your slave wages and work for me and make me my money because that's what I need, my money that you're going to die for. That's ultimately the end of the day is what it is. It's another example of white supremacy. Not in that, not just in that he was, he, he was touting white supremacist lines and trying to pretend that they're like the, the Jews. You know, I guess he's better than some of, the, some of the white supremacists who might say, well, the Holocaust never happened in the first place. So maybe there would be some arguments there. So at least he's, a, he's a, not a Holocaust denier, but that doesn't say much. That's a very low bar. That's like saying somebody is better than Donald Trump. But then his white supremacy is going to say, well, we need to go back to work. Well, who's going to go back to work? The poor people, the people who are disproportionately low income, people who have less of a chance of actually, you know, surviving this because they have less access to health care. So that's it. And that's the end of this week's show. So if you again, I'll be back next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Until next week, there's the anchor.fm. Look up Liberal Dan on there. I'm doing minicasts there. And when I announce those minicasts, when they go live, they will be announced to at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter and facebook.com slash Liberal Dan. And you can also read more at liberaldan.com. Until next week again, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.